0: all right it is um may 24th if my calculations are correct yes sunday morning got my little eczema great baby she had a great week nanny took great care of her um if you looked at her you wouldn't even know that she has some pretty strong eczema um takes a lot of loving care got some special shampoo so her head doesn't itch as bad at night or during the day and some bath, bath, wash too, so, you know, money's not a problem, I'll pay whatever it costs, to get this baby healthy, the goal is to not have her itch so much, that's it, everything else, everything else comes easy after that, um, where are we at with the economy, another week, another, you know, I don't know if it was the week before, but maybe it was a week, week before. But there was a big downturn, big drop in the market, maybe five percent, and that happened quickly. Rebounded strong. Everybody during during the drop, I was telling everybody we're in a bull market. You know what you have to be careful of is during um, you know downturns. If you're gonna have the same mindset as when it's going up. Now you don't want to be so stubborn to the fact that you never change your mind when facts present itself in a certain way and they're telling you that you know you were wrong. But you also have to be strong enough to keep the same conviction and the same um, mindset and belief in which in what you originally thought even when um, the momentum shifts, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a delicate process, it's about being humble and confident at the same time, and not being, um, overly confident, or exhibiting hubris, and I'm not gonna say I'm, I'm the best at it, you know, I'm, I could be, maybe the worst at it, so, but keeping that self-awareness, is what's key and, and learning from your mistake is what really improves your gut feeling, you know. When you talk to a lot of very successful people, they'll tell you, Yes, I look at data, but in the end it's a gut feeling. You know, I, I I see I try and look at where the trends are going but when I pick something up, when I look at a property, when I look at a stock, you know, or I look at the market, um is you have to have a feeling which way it's gonna go and that people people take that as like oh well he was given some god's gift to, to figure out which way it's gonna go N- that's not it at all and I, and I think that's the biggest mistake that that a lot of people take from people who are rich and that's why they say that they're lucky because they somehow yeah. have some gut feeling and they guess right and they keep guessing right most likely 99% of the time, what it really is, is, he's failed a lot of times, he's kept a positive attitude, and, Come on. he sneezes, yeah, part of that, he'll sneeze, Just joking, and, um, he's failed, he's kept a positive attitude, he's, he's, he, he keeps trying at it, and more importantly, he is fine-tuning what we call his gut feeling. And that gut feeling gets better after um, you fail. failed. You realize, oh, you know, now I realize when I felt like that, in this situation, I could be wrong. And then you also learn, when I feel like this, during this situation, when I see this piece of information, I'm right. And after enough instances, that gut feeling can get pretty damn accurate. And it can lead you to some pretty amazing things. So, um, you know, this this uh, this short episode should probably be um, about your gut. You know, li- listening to your gut feeling, um, what your gut feeling really is. I think we just defined it in a sense. It's a... It's a It's a set of failures and successes. Um, It's a humble yet confident attitude. Um, It's an upbeat, positive attitude. Um, That's not for overly confident people. That's what we call. That's what we're going to call your gut feeling, and that's how you're going to. That's how you're going to improve on it. So, I have right now about two hundred and forty thousand dollars in the stock market. Um, before this time I've never had more than 5,000 <coughs> when I first got in I made, I made several mistakes um, I made the classic mistake where you know they say buy low sell high uh, that's much easier, easier said than done and I guarantee you the market knows when you are <coughs> selling and buying okay so I don't know <laughs> whether or not that statement is correct but I know it's right, okay? Let me give a little bit more explanation on that. So I do have some friends who are somewhat in the stock market and they, they read what we call this level 2. Level 2 actually shows you the quantity of shares people are buying um, live. So you can see people trading live. 100 shares, 1000 shares, 10,000 shares, 100,000 shares, etc. etc. And, you know, it, it's not as telling as you think. It's not like it's a, a black box. Anybody who has access to, to you know, the market, um, to trading, typically the, the platform has an option where you can watch level two. But what you can see from this is kind of a little bit of momentum after you've watched it long enough. Okay? So, you know, enough people who are spending their lives watching this trying to catch momentum they see when people are buying and they see what people are selling so <clears throat> now while people may not specifically be looking for me I can guarantee you that there's a lot of people out, out there like me who bought at a certain level they knew that they probably knew it was too high so they're gonna sell they're gonna sell me their share at that level and when they see people like me selling at a low volume they're going to buy it back and that's when the stock is going to go up and there's a lot of people with my type of mindset an early mindset a short term mindset who they know are going to shift with the news or shift with enough with enough um, motion in the market very quickly okay so um, you know, uh, someone who's not experienced or who has a long-term mindset, or who has, who knows how to move with the swings, the market. When they see their thousand dollars or hundred thousand dollars drop five or ten percent, they know they're gonna lose a lot of the people. A lot of those, a lot of those inexperienced traders. Oh wow, she's putting my now I can feel her too. Crazy. So that's crazy, right? Um so you need to learn how you need to be experienced enough to, to move with this wheel long-term enough to to out to outride these people who are trying to take advantage of um, inexperienced and emotional creatures such as myself, and I am an emotional creature. That's why I love real estate, and that's why I hate stocks, because I know when I buy real estate, I'm immediately walking into equity, it's very easily calculated. I can calculate whether or not I'm walking into equity, it's as clear as day to me, and it is for anybody who can, essentially, it's not complicated, I mean, anybody who can do a little bit of math, um can can tell whether or not you walk into equity okay and once you and once i'm in it i immediately start getting cash flow that's guaranteed i do that math beforehand too very simple check with a few with a few websites and i know that when i buy in the market it will go up it's a guarantee but the mo- one of the most important things about real estate is that it's illigid People like stocks because it's liquid. Okay, that means you can easily, uh, it's almost as good as cash. At any given time in the market, there is a buyer and there is a seller. And if you want to get rid of your shares, and you want to dump it, give or take a few cents, you will most likely get the price that it's currently trading at, okay? So, that's why people like it, but that's why I don't like it, because I know, the most recent future. Oh, you know what? Well, this is going to be a beautiful tangent. I'm going to go into that. You need to know your weaknesses. This is all about knowing your weaknesses. I know my weaknesses. Knowing your weaknesses is half the battle. Doing something about knowing about your weaknesses is the other half, and probably the more important half. Okay. So let's call that eighty percent. Let's call the first part twenty percent. We'll call it eighty percent. Knowing your weaknesses is twenty percent. Um, doing something about your weaknesses is years. okay? I know I'm an emotional creature, and that's why I suck at stocks. I'm trying to get better at it. I'm trying to hold for the long term now, and I think I'm getting better at it. But nonetheless, I look forward to the day when I can hopefully take out my money plus my profits and go buy some more real estate. Okay, that being said, knowing your weaknesses, um... I know I can't sell real estate quickly. I know I can't kick out my tenants easily. If I sign a six or 12 month lease, okay, um, I'm gonna be very less inclined to try and get them to move out to try and sell the property, okay? Not even that. All of my tenants right now are month to month because they've stayed beyond their lease and I'm too lazy to renew their lease. So, technically, I could kick them all out in 30 days or 45 days. But I don't. You know why? Because it's too easy. They're in there right now. It'd be a lot of work for me to kick them out. And they're paying me rent. So even though it would have been smarter for me, and I'm I'm gonna talk about this later because um, that's actually a mistake. And I've learned that now after going through many Koshbin's mentorship program. I need to get over that little hump because uh, that's another, I'll I'll hopefully remember to get into that later. but, But anyways. So that, that, that's the whole point. I can't keep, it, it's a hassle. You know, It's unlike stocks, which takes me literally, I need to wait until the market opens, which is at most, well, I don't even know, when, it would have been 12 hours or something. Unless it's the weekend. I, I can get out of that in a blink of an eye. So if I hear some bad news, or all of a sudden I'm pissed off at my wife, or I'm angry at my kids, and maybe I'm in happy or whatever mood that strikes me that wants me to sell, okay, I can get out of it. And next thing I know, I sold too soon, I sold too, or sold too short, and I ne- and I lost my game plan. My original game plan was to whole long, and now I've no longer done that. I I sold Zoom at 135, it went up to 170, and people were saying it to go higher. It's still at a crazy ratio, but, uh, we won't go into that. Um, I sold Disney. I sold Disney at about a $15 down point when I told myself I was going to hold it longer. Um, Visa. I sold Visa. I, I, I missed out on about 20% gain. Okay. Now, I'm still in a lot of stocks that are doing okay, but I made some early mistakes, and I'm trying to learn from that. But as I watch the market like a hawk now, when I get into something, I get into it like I'm obsessed. That's what I do. I get in like I am obsessed. Now I am obsessed about stocks. And now I'm learning at an incredible rate. Okay. Um, so that being said, those are my weaknesses. That's why I love real estate. I also love real estate because it's more tangible. It's more real. You know, it, it, it's a physical property whereas stocks are sometimes it feels like it's just all made up. You know, what determines the price of a stock? You know, is really based on uh, several factors. Um, most is discounted future earnings. That's how stock brokers, you know, they, they take earnings moving into the future. What they what they predict? You know, two, three, four quarters out, and they um. <coughs> what do they do? They they use some, they they use a discounted rate, which essentially means they use a, a little equation which takes into a few different factors, including the number of outstanding shares. So, it's, so it's earnings per share um, into the future, several quarters in the future, over the next three or four quarters. They average it out. They they divide it by um, a formula which includes interest rates, um, the cost of money, and some other stuff. Okay, I forget. I went through. I went through finance, but I can't remember the, the exact equation. But that's essentially how they do it. So that's why, when you see companies buy back shares rather than pay down debt, which is why we're in this whole fucking fiasco right now, um, stock goes up because there's less outstanding shares. That means their earnings per share go up. there's less earnings per share, and the stock goes up. Apple's earnings, Apple, yes, like the phone I'm recording on right now, Apple earnings have not increased for the last six years. Nobody seems to know because the stock, stock seems to be skyrocketing, okay, but their earnings haven't gone up. So why is the stock going up? Well, very simple. <coughs> They've been spending 50 $100, $200 million and more, buying back their stock, which essentially reduces their shares outstanding, available to the public to buy, and now their earnings per share goes up, and their stock goes up, now the discounted equation improves, okay, so, um, Apple is not the, not the, um, the bad guy here, by the way. Um, the, every, all the other stocks that did this book, you know, the last decade, rather than paying down debt, they're the, they're the bad guys, the ones that are going bankrupt now, they have no cash, they're going bankrupt, they're the ones who are the bad guys. Hertz, Hurts car rental, in case you haven't heard, belly up, Neiman Marcus, belly up, JC Penney, they just went downhill, I don't think buying back shares or anything could have saved them. Um, American Airlines Ooh, they are super guilty I mean they're gonna go belly up the government gave them about six billion dollars in forgivable loans to keep them afloat because they were considered a essential business and we decided we wanted to bail out airlines but they they are super guilty of it. they have been a negative free cash flow for the last six years But they've been taking out money in loans to buy back um, shares and pay dividends, which is crazy stupid. And now, even with the government loan, it may take one year or two or three, but with 100% certainty, I guarantee you, American Airlines will go bankrupt. If you look at their balance sheet, if you look at their income statement, it is an insolvable equation. You cannot get yourself out of this hole. They have too much debt, they have too much interest payments, and they haven't made any money for the last, I think, five or six years. So tell me how you can not go bankrupt in that situation. Unless you are the US government and you can print money, which they cannot, then they're going to go bankrupt. Unfortunately, United Airlines is also a possible risk. Um, Delta is the only savior out of the big three that you can almost say for certain will not go bankrupt. They've raised more than enough cash. Um, But if I have to make a bet, which I am betting by the way, um, I've made big bets on Delta and Southwest. Southwest. I mean, if you want easy money, if you want guaranteed money, oh my goodness, Southwest, I mean, their debt to income ratio is almost one to one, which means that they they have very little debt, and on top of that, um, they have great cash flow, they're a great brand company, they're domestic place primarily, which means that once they lift stay home order and the travel restrictions release, they're going to be the first ones to really profit, and also, Um, Another good company, um, Spirit Airlines, although their balance sheet is not as great, but they're going to make it out and they have great margins, they're a great run company, so those are my three picks for airlines. Um, Spirit, um, Southwest, and Delta. United um, is not a bad choice, but why pick them when there are better choices that are all great value, they're, they're, their drop is the same as southwest and delta, but those other two companies are much better. so much less dead, anyways, okay, so, well, let's talk about what I learned from Manny Koshkin, so, this guy talks about, this guy is great, because he talks about riding the wave, okay, a lot of people, you know, some people will not tell you, do a business, other will say do investing, he tells you, make investing your business, and learn not to ride the market, okay, so, in recession, don't try to catch the following night, I'm gonna summarize this, because I think my little going to get hungry, I'll probably spend another episode, you know, going into depth, but just to summarize, um, during recessions, don't try to catch a falling knife. Don't try to buy too early. When the market bottoms, there will be more than enough inventory for you to pick and choose from in terms of real, he's a real estate, guys. So he's not talking about stocks. Everything I'm making now, moving forward about managed costing, is all about real estate. And with him, it's mostly even commercial real estate. He real estate. So uh, when the inventory increases, and you get to pick and choose start buying property. Own and occupy whatever money you can get, buy as much as you can, okay? Because you need to increase quantity, increase your quality, get get good property as as much as you can, borrow, beg, and steal if you have to, buy property, when the market starts to improve, now it's time to exchange and ramp up. Sell, take your profits buy more, improve more do flipping as much as you can um, commercial or real estate so that you can increase your equity as you're increasing your equity continue to trade don't stand still, don't hold don't keep your property because that is the root of mentality you can never get um, super rich by holding your property too long you have to trade them up otherwise you can't increase your equity in the exponential so, um, trade, trade your properties up, and as you see the topping of the market, don't try, don't worry about catching the top. Once we'll you taking a fair amount of profits, and you we'll see that, um, and you we'll see that if you've been in the bull market probably eight years, something, just let it go. Let, sell everything, and then wait we'll the next recession. So, I'll get into a lot more of that later. as yeah, me my little channel how long did i go for that's a very short recording but you guys are probably bored of listening to me anyway um what else is there really talk about another another 3.8 million unemployed this this week nobody seems to care um again i think it's the bull market i don't think there's going to be any more big drops in the stock market if you saw there's already been capitulation in march the, the fed has stepped in they they've, they've they put a bottom on it. The summer's coming. It's going to kill the, it's going to kill the virus. Um, so for at least the next three to four months, minimum what you can expect a bull market. And if that happens, as long as Trump is still president, I expect that, um, we're not going to touch the lows again. And in fact, I hope we expect a, a very strong recovery. So that's where I'm at and I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye.